Buck Rising's the kind of guy that would have a wooden watch. Yeah, he's like trendy or something. Buck, what's up? Hello, friends. Thank you, Dawn. That's I think that's a compliment. I'll take that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you make of this twenty to nothing win over Jacksonville? Did you have a good time in enjoying that game, watching that game? No, did I enjoy it? No. Did I enjoy it? No, of course not. That was terrible. Um, but listen, I I wrote about this last night and I wanted to I wanted to watch it again yesterday after I got home to kind of like process more rather than my react rather than my initial reaction of wow this is deeply uninteresting football and nobody much seems interested in taking advantage of offense on either side of things now the jags are just wretched (laughs) and the titans issues i think are are multi-layered as they've been for quite some time but honestly like that first drive where they march right down the field, and after they avoid near disaster with a fumble on the opening kickoff, Chester Rogers does well to bring back in. Tannehill scrambles on third and seven from the 48. They get that penalty on Wingard, and they run right into the end zone, and it felt like normal. Like, I think it felt, you know, even if the parts looked different and, and how they were doing it wasn't, aesthetically pleasing like it was an efficient 10 play 74 yard scoring drive on your opening possession and that's that's what you needed I mean you could have won that game with with that drive alone turns out and you probably in in any iteration of this Jags team maybe only needed like 17 because their game plan was hugely conservative the rest of the way and that's fine so um I make of it that it's baby steps I make of it that you won 20 to nothing you've swept your second division opponent and there's still plenty of room for improvement which is a a positive as far as I'm concerned even if yesterday didn't look all that great one one question about Jacksonville I'm curious uh, because obviously you're there and so TV copy doesn't always show this but I saw a very disinterested team obviously with Jacksonville just watching their sideline what's the over under number of people on that sideline coaches players whatever that actually gave a crap you know, I think their defense did. I mean, their their defense played well enough to like bother Ryan Tannehill, and I you you saw the emotion on the on the Ryan Tannehill touchdown run where you've got the finger roll and then you've got three hundred and thirty pound or three. Let me not let me not do Ben Jones a disservice. Three hundred and three pound Ben Jones say, doing a. Uh, I'm told it's not a not a full cartwheel. There's a different term for it and I am uh, as far as gymnastics terminology is concerned I'm not great but I would I'm going to call it a cartwheel <laughs> from Ben Jones and then on the other side you see Shaq Griffin their corner I mean all but throwing a fit because they've just given up this touchdown this back-breaking touchdown to a quarterback who they were probably going to be able to corral if they executed that defense efficiently and Ryan Tannehill made a play uh, ran it in from from a couple yards out, and that was it. And so I think they care. I just think that it's tough to because there's so many things going wrong for them right now. They're broken. I mean, this is this is a team that is uh, is talent bereft on offense that has all kinds of craziness swirling around their head coach right now. God knows how that trickles down to the rest of the staff, but if we're to believe the – Pelicero report on NFL.com this weekend. It's not great. And so I think I think they the players care. I think that just the head coach is such a toxic 
entity in the middle of all this stuff where everybody's watching a Jags press conference today, all the national media watching it, myself included, watching a Jags press conference today because they're 2-11, and and he's a circus. We've never seen an NFL head coach be this much of a clown car as Urban Meyer is, and I don't know how you're how you're how you should respond if you're that locker room by the way i just googled gymnastics terminology and i think i came up with it go ahead i'll tell you if you're right a round off i was gonna say there you go you nailed it good job boys here's here's the definition of what ben jones did in my view and i okay a dynamic turning movement with a push off one leg while swinging the legs upward in a fast cartwheel motion into a 90 degree turn to lead off to a number of skills no, he just All right, so, so elements of a cartwheel, so I'm not completely nah, wrong. No, you, nah, you right elements there, of a cartwheel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it starts as a cartwheel, just mm-hmm. ends as a round off. Good job. Okay, I got smarter today. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, let's talk about, uh, speaking of Ben Jones, let's talk about this offensive line and, and protection. And, and I understand, you know, Roger Saffold is in and out with that shoulder injury. And I had said earlier, people forget he is playing injured and has this whole season. So the people that are ragging on him for not being able to to make it a full game, you know, without going down, it's because he's playing when probably, honestly, he shouldn't. But yeah. it's important. So um, anyway, so that's that's one thing. But as a whole, uh, what what is this offensive line going to be able to do moving forward because protection is a problem? I mean, they could run the ball. Um, and they couldn't run it overwhelmingly efficiently yesterday. I thought that the Jags had a pretty good answer for um, all the good things that Dontrell Hilliard did in the Patriots game. And I think that, you know, if you can make some plays with Ryan Tannehill, I don't think you want to do too much of that because you don't want to inherently put your quarterback at further risk because he refuses to slide in a way that is maddening to me from the press box. I don't understand it. It is a, it's not like he's unathletic, like he's capable of doing it. I just don't understand why he doesn't. But Brewer is, Brewer is definitely a better run block, blocker than he is in pass pro. Um, David Questenberry had a hard time yesterday. We've seen him be I – would, I, would I would say he has been consistent. I, I would say he has been solid. I don't think he's anything overwhelming. I don't think he's anything terribly special. But I do think that he has some redeeming qualities. It's just yesterday, Dwayne Smoot, who's – a pretty good player for the Jags. He's been there for a couple of years, and, and he's having a decent season among all of the bad things that are going on around him. So I thought that Questenberry got taken advantage a couple of times. And I thought, frankly, they between Ben Jones, I had Tony Baselli on earlier today, and he was kind of articulating, you know, it looked like they were having trouble reading the blitz concepts that the Jags defense was sending at them. And so there may have been some miscommunications as far as, Ben Jones and Ryan Tannehill, which direction do you slide your protection and how do you make sure that, that things, are, that things are, uh, are, are properly analyzed at the line of scrimmage? And I think they may have missed some. So I don't think it's entirely offensive line related. And I think that there is, there's, a, I mean, there's enough pieces there to survive. But, like, it may, it may look like some version of that at different points in the season. And you may not – Enjoy watching it, and it may not be as we talked about earlier. It may not be, it may not be, 350 yard passing games for Ryan Tannehill or, or 40 touchdowns as he was uh, able to put together last year, 40 total touchdowns. But they can run the ball, and they can run the ball in the red zone, which is particularly difficult 
and a good way to kind of get back to what makes them them when they're healthy. Buck, do we ever get to see um, Christmas for the offense uh, with the Titans? Like, with the defense, I'm saying is you never know who you're getting back, who's going to be active coming in. But, boy, whoever's going to be active, it sure is a, a great lift. You got to get Danico back inside. Saw what Landry was doing with Sean Evans. Like, it, it was beautiful to see. The offense. Oh, yeah, they kicked ass yesterday. Or yeah. they, were, they were great. I right. mean, they were really, really great. Now, the Jets. I mean, God bless Trevor Lawrence. I know the Titans fans don't care about whether he's uh, whether he succeeds, but my God, I feel bad for that guy because he he is just being <laughs> failed all around him, and he's clearly not developing. He looks so much worse than when they played him earlier in the season. So, a combination of both things. I think that you know, a, a week off does wonders for a pass rush. Mm-hmm. They could use some fresh legs, and and we'll see what progress Bud Dupree makes because he will be eligible to be uh, designated to return to practice. And then at that point, they can decide whether to activate him from injured reserve. That that timeline will pass, and he can do that before the Steelers game um, if they feel that he's physically ready. But I think that, I mean, as far as the offense is concerned, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to see A.J. Brown out there, and I need to see a consistent A.J. Brown out there because he has the most dropped passes, most dropped on-target passes on that football team this year. A.J. Brown has not had an overwhelmingly great season when he's been healthy. He's, he's dropped seven on-target passes, which matters because that quarterback could desperately use some help as far as <laughs> on-target pass completions are concerned, especially with their best receiver. Julio was functional yesterday. Like, I don't think I, – I think that it may look functional and it may not look overwhelmingly great. Like, this is – this is a different player than we're dealing with now. I just think it, it requires a reset of your expectations for what you you thought they were going to be when you basically put together a bit of a Madden roster at in August, and then now we're in December and everybody's dragging a leg across the finish line, and it has to look different because of what they are or or are not able to do. I think the defense can be special, um, but the offense, I mean, I got I got to see what A.J. Brown's capable of whenever he gets back. Buck Rising with us on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline as we move toward Pittsburgh. Obviously, uh, the team looked like it had a lot more energy coming off the bye. But we have to at least point out the fact that they were playing maybe the worst team in football. Okay? Now you go play Pittsburgh, who is a desperate team in a corner trying to fight its way into the playoffs on the road. As Slay keeps saying, a really tough place to play. What do you anticipate this weekend? Oh, I, I just as you laid out, I think you said it as well as I could. This is this is one of the best defenses in the league, and I know that you would look at that Thursday night game and be like, "Well, what the hell happened to Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in in that game where they blew, where they almost blew a twenty nine point lead over the Steelers in that game? Their their defense is capable, but they are so much different without T.J. Watt. Like so much changes for that Pittsburgh defense." without D.J. Watt. And the guy who replaced uh, Bud Dupree, I'm blanking on his name. Is it Alex Hightower? I, Hightower is the well, last is name. I don't – I, I can't remember the name of the outside linebacker, first name of the Pittsburgh outside linebacker. Um, but Hightower is a, a decent player who they've, who they've found uh, use for in the Bud Dupree role and who played when Bud was injured last year. They've got so many great players in that front seven, but T.J. Watt is the one that's truly still – exceptional all pro caliber 
defender. And, I mean, Roethlisberger is smart enough to get them in positions to succeed. But if you step on them early, as you did the Jags, you can bleed them to death and make them try and rally and find ways to stave that off just as Minnesota did. So they, if you want to talk about flawed teams, that's, that's the perfect case study this season for at what point do you decide to blow a long-term situation on an NFL team up? And the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are teetering on that precipice, and it sounds like that's going to be this offseason for them. So, you know, why not just put them in their grave a little deeper and, uh, and end this thing and come out with your first scripted series in a way that allows you to execute as you did on Sunday against the Jacks? Buck Rising at Buck Rising, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone, and his visits with us weekly are presented by Buddy Allen Carpet One. Buddy Allen Carpet One is the best, and I've actually got a Buddy Allen Carpet One hoodie on, so thank you very much to Zach and Jenna for sending those to us. I know the 3HL crew got them as well. Not only do they have the most comfortable hoodies in the game, they've got the best full-service flooring company in Middle Tennessee. Go visit them family-owned business they're always in the store making sure that you're getting exactly what you need whether it's carpet whether you're doing a bathroom remodel whatever buddy allen carpet one.com has you covered there he is buck rising thanks buck appreciate you thanks buck, thanks, buck. goodbye friends